Let's <laughs> And the king gets very angry. Then the king asks, asks his wise men, what should we do? The queen has refused to come. Why did the king give this question over to the wise men? That's the path of the king in every, that's the king's custom in every matter of judgment to put the items of, uh, items of judgment before those who know about judgment, those who are familiar with the laws. It sounds like Achashesh did not know what the rule should be for Vashti. She refuses to come. What should happen? Let me ask the judges. Let me ask the wise men. Seemingly, a Vashti rebelled against the king. So why was there a question about what should happen to her? The uh, rule was pretty simple. In our laws, in the laws of the Jewish people, which is governed by a Torah of kindness, if somebody does not fulfill the wills of the king and they rebel against the king, they, the king has permission from the, from the Torah to kill that person. So it's understood that this is the same way to, also by non-Jewish kings, that someone who rebels against the king, it's one clear rule, it doesn't matter what it is, if you rebel against the king, you get killed. So what was his question? Why didn't he know what to do with it? What's even more wondrous is the response of Mamuchan, one of the wise men, in front of the king of Achashverish. What does Mamuchan respond to the king? He tells the king, you know what, you have to realize something. When Vashti is refusing to come to you, it's not just a personal offense against you. This is something that's going to affect all of the ministers and all the countries in your land. This is going to cause all of the women not to respect their husbands. Everyone's going to hear how the queen refused her husband, and everyone's going to say, okay, so we don't have to listen to our husbands either. So therefore, he said to kill her. But why to kill her? The reason why she should be killed is not because of her rebellion against the king, because she rebelled and did not listen to the king. Rather, it's because of the repercussions it's going to have throughout the world. But seemingly, there's a much easier, the much much simpler reason why she deserves the death penalty. She went against the king. It's all in the note five. There brings Rashi. And it sounds like 
from Rashi, Rashi says, uh, the king got angry at her. She responded with words of, um, how should we say this delicately? She responded with words of insolence to the king. It sounds like that she, he wasn't upset about the fact that she didn't obey him. What angered him was her insult to him. She was insolent to him. But not that she refused him. But seemingly there's a much bigger issue over here. There's a king, and she has gone against the king. There are many Mepharshim that address this, and they gave, they've given many answers for this question. However, It's a simple question, the simple verses in the Megillah, and, th- and the answer for this is not even alluded to in Rashi on the Megillah. Everyone follow the question? There's a queen, the king says, do something, she refuses. Simple, what should, what should happen to her, according to the laws of the Jewish land, how much more so the, uh, in, with, in countries that are not governed by a Torah of kindness. And Mamuchan's explanation of why she should be killed, it, 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 it takes away, it, he omits the major um, reason for her death penalty, which is that she rebelled against the king. It's like uh, Mr. Yiftach over here coming to court and uh, telling the, uh, the jury that someone is guilty for, uh, for the, they deserve the death penalty because of, 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 of something which is insignificant compared to the main crime. It's, 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 it's allowed, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Jafar? It's like, it's like the bad guy that gives advice to the king, but he doesn't really give advice to the king because that's the right thing. He's doing it for ulterior motives. Because all the other wives in the city are not... So he's, he's thinking about what's happening in his house. He's like, my wife's going to start giving me lip now, and he's and she's going to give insolence to me, so you can't let this epidemic spread through the city. Even if that was his intent, he had a much simpler reason to tell the king without getting into his own life. The question is, why didn't he choose to say the simple reason why she deserves that penalty. I sent you a... a, 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 a We're up to his base. Let's first examine the Pasuk before this in the Megillah. The drinking at this party was done in a way that Everyone could do whatever they want. The king established, Yisad HaMalach, the king had made, established a rule that no one should be forced to drink. Everyone can drink whatever they want. The question the Rebbe has is, why does Megillah use the words Yisad HaMalach? The king made this fundamental, Yisad means foundation. It also can mean to create, an, create a fundamental law, like create a constitution. This law doesn't seem to fit with what he's doing. He made a rule by the party. Yeah, why, <laughs> why is it called Gisad HaMelech? Why is it called a, a fundamental rule? Rashi does explain the word Yisad means to make a rule. But Rashi says Kolemar. Whenever Rashi uses the word Kolemar, it's a good thing to know in general. When Rashi uses the word Kolemar, that means Rashi is addressing there's a simple meaning of this word, and I want you to know that you shouldn't take it 
in its simple meaning, the word the, 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 the word the Torah is using, it's as if to say something else. So to Rashi says over here, the word Yisad, yes, the word Yisad means something fundamental. Here the word Yisad means a commandment. We have in Megillah other places the king issues tzivuyim, commandments. Why does the Torah Megillah veer from its usual language and use the word Yisad? It says the king issued this command to who? To all of those who were governing his household, governing his palace, including, Rashi says, the bakers and the butchers and the butlers. Seemingly, the commandment was about the drinking. So who should this commandment go to? Just the butlers. So why did the king command everybody about the rules of the drinking? Tell the bartenders this is how it's supposed to work. Why did the king summon the bakers and the butchers? They should know the rule. Everybody could drink whatever they want. But can drink, should drink, it's not forced to drink. Not forced to drink. Uh, concerning why you think that you, you're forced to drink? Perhaps... Um, So that way it will come to the Sutta. And then they would, they, they would do it like full, like, like completely. So there's no excuse as to why they, they did it. So they would held liable. Yeah. Either way, it's not really relevant to what we're learning now. Uh, let's, let's go further. Although Rashi's looking at the Pasuk, the Pasuk says he commanded all of those who are in charge of his house. It seems like it wasn't just addressed to one minister. So... That maybe that's why Rashi wants to say it. He addresses also the bakers and the butchers. But uh, Rashi, when he, if if that's what, what bothered Rashi, the fact that the Torah says all of those in charge of his house, therefore Rashi had to include the other people who were part of the, the setup of the meal. He should have mentioned the butlers first. That's the first people King is addressing. Why does Rashi say the bakers, the butchers, and the butlers? It still doesn't, even although the Torah's words, he commanded all those in charge of the meal includes more than just one kind of person. However, why do you think that would include, like Rashi says, the bakers and especially the butchers? The butchers don't come to the meal. The bakers and the butlers, at least they're present at the meal. So therefore they may need, okay, you might say the king wanted to tell them, tell them too, they're coming into the meal, they should know how, how the rules work. They're going to be present, they are, they are, they are on staff, they have to coming out there with their shirts that says, Achashverosh, and so people might ask them how the, what the rules are. But the butchers, they're, they're in the kitchen, no one even sees those guys. Why 
is um, okay. So it, it makes more sense to say that although the Torah uses the expression he commanded all those in charge of his household, uh, so it's a very broad commandment, it still would make more sense to say that he meant, that there means, all those who were present at the meal, all those who were part of the staff, that's, that, that's, that's on site. It doesn't make sense that the king would include in this commandment the, uh, the, uh, the people which are not even present at the meal. So why does Rashi insist that the king's commandment included also those people which were not even present at the meal. Perhaps we learn out from just like the, they weren't forced to drink, they also weren't forced to have to eat the meat or eat the bread. So they put them in the same category. The Torah says just about the drinking, doesn't say about the bread. Right, but since it brings the other two, can't learn out one from the other? Or maybe there was a carving station. And the, and the carving station was with, with people with, with brandishing knives. You better have some flesh or else. No, that's the thing. They were carving stations, and they weren't forced to have the meat and the drink. But there's a sta- the, the butcher and the baker are in the hall because they're being served fresh bread and fresh meat right there. I hear you. I'll, I'll, let's go further. Rashi's bothered by the length of the language of this verse. The king made this rule for all those who are in charge of his household to do the will of each person. It doesn't just say, could have just said simple, drinking is not being forced, that's what the king said. Why does the Megillah say such length? The king has made this rule for all those in charge of this meal to do the will of each person. What's the emphasis over here? What's the length over here? Also, it's understood Fine, maybe Achashverosh did that, but we don't. If Achashverosh would have made 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 many speeches at his 180 day party and said lots of nasha foolish things, we wouldn't know about them because the Megillah only tells us things 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 which are relevant to us. So why does the Megillah have to tell us these details? Whatever the, the Megillah tells us is relevant to us. After the although it is part of. The, um, it is, does enhance the meal by saying that people aren't forced to drink. It tells you how great the meal was. It was so, such a special meal. You could do whatever you wanted there. Fine. But there is... Um, doesn't, it doesn't, it's not relevant to us reading this story. Or is it? Therefore, Rashi learns that this commandment, here's Ev, this commandment, you have the words, Ev, you Boshek Ivanta. I think, I think you were, were on, uh, I think you, you were uh, saying something that Rebbe is saying over here. Uh, very good, excellent. You, you you're, uh, made a three pointer, I think. Let's see. Um, the um, the fact that the drinking uh, was not forced says Rashi understands from the length the way that the Megillah portrays this with such wordiness. Rashi says this was not just a command that was unique to the drinking; rather, this was a general way he set up the meal. 
Yisar HaMelech, it was a fundamental thing. It wasn't only about the drinking. That The whole way this meal should be done is that all of the ministers of the meal were commanded, this is going to be in a way that everybody could enjoy it. And therefore, Ashi explains when the what Megillah says he commanded all those in charge of his household, he was including everybody, all the ministers of the meal, all the bakers, the butchers, and the butlers. The king's rule actually affected all details of the meal. Everyone could do whatever they wanted at this party. All kinds of food, all kinds of drink. And therefore, when it says Rav Beisa, he commanded all those in charge of his household, he must have included everybody because this was a general rule. And since the word meal means bread, that's why Rashi says, the first thing Rashi mentions is the bakers. Because th- this is a rule about the meal, and this is and the first part of the meal is bread. And now we can understand why the Megillah uses the expression to do the will of each person. It doesn't sound like he is just not coercing people to have a little bit more Benedictine. It sounds like the king is doing what everyone wants. It sounds like something positive, not just you're not forced. And that's actually the point, because the main commandment of the king was, guarding the wine as well, wasn't only that you're not being forced to drink what you don't want to drink, it was a positive thing that the people in charge of this meal made the meal in a way that everyone could have whatever they wanted to eat and drink. Where are you going, Zev? Okay. And the fact that it mentions the drinking isn't because the drinking was unique. It's, there's a general rule about this party. The party is done in a way that everyone can do whatever they want at this party. Everyone, this, this is a party where everyone's meant to be, feel comfortable, eat and drink whatever they want. And that's why the, uh, there's also one detail about the drinking as well. The drinking is also done in a way that there's no, no one's forced. There have to be a lot of different stations because if you want this type of food, you get it. This type of food, it's like... There's not a, a, a prefix menu there. That's, that's what I was thinking. This is like a Gansa wedding over here that you have every option when you go there. Yeah, absolutely. You ever went to uh, Dodger Stadium in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, they have the, in the special uh, seats over there? That's whatever you want. Anyways, but not like Achashverosh, Shlesh is much better. Anyways, moving right along. But wait, there's a fundamental problem here. Oh, oh, like the rest of the problem. What's the Rebbe's question? Go ahead. Well, I don't know what the Rebbe's question is. The problem is, you know, the, wom- the woman disobeys, she loses her head. The men, we want to honor your will. We want to honor your judgment. Insolence versus accommodation. You know, this, this isn't going to fly right in politically correct environment today, you know. 
So it's definitely get, get me out of this. Okay. It's definitely will not fly in a politically correct environment. Absolutely, or in any environment. The you guys don't have the cash. What I was going to ask now? What's Rebbe's question going to be now? Guys, guys, guys. Why isn't Rebbe the next question I was going to ask? What's the main question? How do we start off with? We thought we started off the sicha thinking that was what is Megillah saying? That everyone could drink whatever they want, right? And then the Rebbe explained that no. The main question is Why the minister? Okay, okay. That was the first question. Then we went back to the meal, and then the question we asked about the meal is why does it say? Um, that the, the, the king's commandment about the drinking affected also the butchers and the bakers. And we answered it wasn't just a commandment about the drinking, it was about a general rule. So our question should obviously be, so then why is it mention the drinking specifically? Why is drinking... Since this, the main thing that was unusual about this meal is that the king decided that everyone should do whatever they wanted this meal. So how come this is given this phrase, the king made the meal in a way that everyone can enjoy themselves as they want to, how come that Megillah puts that together with, and therefore you could drink whatever you want? It's a separate thing. That drinking whatever you want is, yeah, okay, that's, that's one part of the meal. But the main thing is, um, th- this is not just a, about the drinking. This is, this is the way the whole meal is set up. So how come the Megillah puts these two things together? The king made a meal. You could, you could have Rice Krispies and Cheerios. You could have duck and lamb. And, you could, and, and this, that's why you could, you know, that, that's, that's why you're not forced to drink whatever you don't want to drink. What's the connection? There's two different points here. One point is you want course to drink. Other is the meal was made in a way that you could have whatever you want. There's two different points. Why is not going to put these points together? I still don't see why they would be forced on the other side. Is it the normal thing when you go to the king? You're forced to have to drink when you go to a meal there? We're going to see, Rashi says, there are meals that they make the people drink, uh, drink a lot. I guess because it wouldn't be fun if people wouldn't drink. But there are such meals. See that later. Hold on a second. Why does the Torah have to tell us you weren't forced to drink? If the Megillah would just tell us the meal was done in a way that anybody could do whatever they want. You want some Rice Krispies with your steak? Great. So, you, of course, you don't have to drink if you don't want to drink. If the king told everybody that they should do whatever, whatever anyone wants this meal, so obviously no one's forced. So we did address the question we asked earlier on. We did address sort of the question we asked earlier on. The question we asked earlier on was, why does the term Megillah use the phrase, It sounds like it's a fundamental thing. And now we have some kind of uh, way to address this question. This wasn't just a detail. The king made a fundamental rule at this party. This is a party where everyone can do whatever they want. But still, the Megillah is not to use the word Yisar. The Megillah could have just said, the king decided at the party that everyone could do whatever they want. Why is it necessary to add that word Yisar? Foundation. Foundation. 
because this is a trap for the Jewish people. You know, you could have enough meat, you could do whatever you want. Let's see, let's see, let's see. So we're going to see is that the king making the meal uh, in a way that anyone could have whatever they want at this meal. This is the reason why Mila says you weren't, you weren't forced to drink. That emphasizes how unique this meal was. That the, the, the fact that Megillah puts these two ideas together, we'll see in a second, how this emphasizes even more how everyone could, um, could do whatever they want. These two concepts, their, their convergence highlights a, uh, a, the, uh, this, uh, this concept of we, we shall see. I guess we won't see it today. But we're we're, we're, we're going to see tomorrow why the Megillah puts these two concepts together, that everyone could drink whatever they want, and, and everyone could, um, um, uh, this party was made in a way that everyone could have whatever they want, and the other concept that you weren't forced to drink, the fact that Megillah puts these two concepts together is, is meant to highlight this idea that the party was done in a way that you really have full volition to do whatever you want. So, somehow these two things... Putting, to, putting them together um, emphasizes how uh, free this party was, how open this party was. L'chaim.